start walking. My name is Pat O'Brien. I'm here this morning with my colleagues uh, Anthony Linehan and David Fleming from Seattle Bay Community Radio putting together a program on the 12 o'clock hills and it's called uh, A Hike on the Hills. And we're here in the car park in Belvoir and we have John Linehan who is Vice Chairman of the committee and John Lines who is also a committee member living very close to the 12 o'clock hills. So lads, you're very welcome to the, the program. Thanks Pat. You're very, very welcome as well. Thanks, Thank you. Lance, tell us how the, the idea of the 12 o'clock hills walk uh, started. I suppose it started initially, um, obviously the cultural centre in Kirkish and Patsy Neville was very, very involved there. And towards the end of that project, he um, called a couple of us together to know we meet of a Friday night in um, Donald's pub back in January 2013. And he had this idea of developing a walking route up here in the 12 o'clocks. And... What people probably don't realise is the 12 o'clock's name was derived from the farmers back in the day in the 60s and 70s being able to tell the time of day based on the sun going down on the highest of the two peaks. Um, sun going down at 12 o'clock, hence the, the 12 o'clock hills, that was the name. So there was five or six of us pulled together and as a result of that meeting we were all getting a text for to get up here on a Saturday morning with briar hooks and wheelbarrows and shovels etc to create a route. And one of our committee was John Power, who had the equipment to navigate us from A to B, whether it was 70 metres west or 80 metres north or whatever. And it was on the back of that it started. And um, we were very, very lucky, I suppose, in the year that was in it, because, as you know, we won the All-Ireland in September of 2013. Our neighbour over the road here, Patrick, was the captain. And uh, young Sean Herr Jr. won the National Marathon that particular year as well. So when we started out here, there was a great buzz around when we got people up here and got them interested in it. And as a result of that, that's where it all originated from. But Patsy Neville was the driver of it. John, you, you're close to the Federal Truck Hills. You know it very well. You, you, you're over there, say, as a young fellow. I did, um, I suppose. When we used to be going to the Hill Hills, uh, there was no great urgency to get up out of bed to go up there because <laughs> you wouldn't be down out of it until late, very late in the evening. And uh, it was all hard work, Pat. It was a living community up there when I remember it back in back in the day. It was fathering cattle and oh, cutting hay and making grass cocks most of the time and turning hay with a fork and stuff like that. But you know, it was a it was a wonderful place back then and, and it wasn't a great experience when I was a young lad going up there because it was hard work, everything was yeah, labour. Yeah. But you know, there was um there was a couple of houses there. I remember four houses, uh, living houses uh, shall I call them. You had Paddy and Brady Maloney where uh, Brian and Sorica live now on the road up. Uh, once you turned in left in above that you had uh, the first house was Marianne Heffernan. Yeah. Marianne McInerney, yeah, yeah. Um, and the remains of her house are, are restored to a certain level now. And when she moved down, she moved down here to Belvire Forge, uh, just below the forge. If a little bit f- across the road from her then was Matthew Maloney, and Matthew was a, a really talented man back in the days. Matthew would have touched all the cottages. Mm. He was a toucher. He, he was a he was a jack of all trades. Really. I remember Matthew in the bog cutting turf and you could put Matthew into the bog with his good clothes and he could work all day, he'd come out as clean as he went in. He was just a very neat man. He had a beautiful house. It was a one-roomed house with a timber partition and I believe his father was a really gifted man as well. He, he was very good at his hands and woodworking and stuff like that. 
I do remember a huge Noah's Ark in the house made by his father with all the animals and our big boat and it was up on the wall in the house. It was really, really glorious thing. And once you come out of that then you went into, uh, I walked in the road a little bit further and you had Stevens's. It is known as Dysart Lines now, but, yeah, yeah. but actually it was Stevens's. Um, mm. Mary Stevens, who now lives in um, out near Cully Casey, she would have come out of that house in oh. there as well. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and I suppose we're lucky. The remains of all houses are still, you know, what's yeah. left of them are still there, so yeah. there's a mark for them. And I suppose while Matthew Maloney's is private property now and we can't go in there, but we can walk close by it. So that was uh, that was really a, a lovely community up there at those times, you know. Mm. Um, and Pat, it, we're not talking long long ago. Like you're not that old of a man, are you? You sound as if the listeners would be curious now as to is he talking about the 1950s, 1960s? You know, when, when did most people? When did Quilcher? When would they have come in? I suppose. Mid eighties, I suppose. Early eighties, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I suppose you know, Patrick Maloney died. That house closed up. Bridey moved into Kilkishen, bought a house in Kilkishen. I suppose Mary Ann had come down before that. Matthew Maloney was probably the last man to leave, yeah, and he yeah. moved into Kilkishen as well, into uh, Tierney's house there. Yeah, yeah. So and and Lineses or Dyson Lineses, as we call them, the Stevenses, they work on. Um, they had passed away earlier than that and and their sons uh, and their families had moved out of there as well so yeah, yeah i yeah. i spent my early days working up there late 60s early 70s uh, yeah. and it was all it was um it was it, like everyone helped everyone and around here you know when you when you went helping someone the, with a bog up there in monroe was uh was an awful place to go to <laughs> <laughs> uh, hard work well it, it was and 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 to be honest, Joe, there was a lot of bachelors here, as you're aware of. Like, and, and we'd be we'd be near finishing our bit of turf, and we'd we'd look up and we'd see on Penny Stevens is over there. He's he's only a small bit done, and and we'd get all done. And my father said, so we'll go over and we'll help Penny Stevens now?" And uh, after that, we'd have to he'd see someone else. And but we never we spent most of the time, and we worked in every bog. I remember Mary Ann quite well when she was living up there. And what a lot of people around here don't realise that on a Friday when she was going to collect her pension, she didn't go to the local post office, which was Kilkishan. Mm. The townland up there took her to Six Mile Bridge. Yeah, yeah. And she walked to Six Mile Bridge. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing <coughs> that was recalled was, if you could just picture Christmas Eve, the busiest day for, for any woman in the country, okay, yeah. she would have been fasting from 12 o'clock midday on Christmas Eve, mm. going to Mass at midnight in Kilkishan, walking back because cars as John said previously cars was was an on an on one of them days I mean yeah. it was huge work yeah, yeah. walk from here into Kilkishan yeah, yeah. having been fasting, st- fasting, fasting since 12 o'clock midday yeah, yeah. Yeah. and back getting back here maybe yeah. at two or half two in the morning yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. phenomenal people yeah I remember back to coming over to our place because we had a test house back in the 50s and 60s and that just come over and touch and he'd come come along with his bike and uh, Matthew was, was very generous with his time. He, <coughs> excuse me, he dug uh, loads of gardens around. This time of year, now he'd be busy sewing, making ridges for potatoes and stuff yeah. for people. Mm-hmm. He was um, he was a lovely man. You know, he was he used to spend a lot of his time in our house. We we used to all go to bed and 
when we got the television match, we were still watching the television <laughs> all night. And he'd rake the fire, he'd rake the fire, close the door, and we'd be all in bed maybe an hour or two before he'd go home. He used to go up across the fields. It didn't matter winter or summer, he had to pack up to his house, and uh, I suppose he, he left. He was often back before we were up in the morning as well. So. But uh, yeah, he was, he was uh, really, really lovely. I spent a lot of time working with Matt, you know. Um, uh, except for my father, they used to smoke gold flick. Uh, one yeah. smoke gold flick and don't smoke woodbines. Every cigarette they smoked, they had a row. Tis my one, tis my one, you'll have to, yeah, yeah. you'll take one of mine or whatever, like, you know. Um, and I suppose, I, I, I smoked one time as well, and uh, was, they used to nub the fags and just put them into the top right, pocket. Yes, so I got yes, a fish yes. one day, I tried one of these things, but... Uh, I tell you, I was first sick after. <laughs> <laughs> you give up after that. I did, yeah. I did. Tell us, um, we're here at the car park now. We're about to start on the journey. When did the car park go in? So this piece of ground here, um, this only went in in the last five, five six years. years, five or six years. Yeah. So this piece of ground, I never remember anything in this only briars and bushes, uh, and it belonged to uh, our, our neighbour, our good neighbour, Paul Heffernan, over the road, and um, and we spoke to Paul, and there was an arrangement made, and we, 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 yeah. we now have it, a, a wonderful facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, um, and, and again, Patsy was the main driver, like Patsy, yeah. to be fair, we are so lucky around here with what Patsy has done, yeah. and, and he has done it for the J Club, the community, everything, yeah, such yeah, yeah. and, and Patsy's, oh, I'll tell you something, you know, Patsy won't ask you to do it if he's not prepared to do it himself. He's an incredible man. So while we are representing, doing a little bit, we're doing yeah. nothing compared to what Patsy's doing. In, initially, Pat, uh, what would have happened here when we started out, we didn't have a car park, obviously, and there was a need for a car park. So we were lucky we got a little bit of uh, help below from John Torpy, our neighbour. A provision for about 35 cars. And because the interest here growing week on week, we needed more, and just Patsy was the driving force. We're now able to facilitate around 100 cars here. But we've been very, very lucky in recent times because the Tormer Trust, who Tyler's provided down there, on the back of Tormer Trust, they're very fancy, but I'll tell you, like we've had 150 people here at events, like Dawn Walks, whatever, yeah. uni toilets. Yeah. But we've been very, very fortunate because of that. On an average uh, weekend, Pat, how many people would be out here on a good day? I suppose over COVID now, I, I'd been coming down here more Sunday mornings. And I'd come down, I'd look after the car park. There could be 30 or 40 cars here every Sunday morning. But the amazing thing now is that it's not locals. Last Saturday morning, Easter Saturday morning, I met a couple there and they were down from Dublin, staying locally, yeah. and they were going off walking. Two weeks ago, I had a couple up here, two lady, young women, up from Milltown in Kerry. So they're coming from all over. They're Which coming. It's a great sign, yeah. isn't it? It's part of the bucket list for yeah. people. Walking is the new running. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. and the twelve o'clock have become very, very popular. Can you tell us a bit about the routes now? There, there are alternative routes that we could take. I'm, I'm sure Pat has decided on what route we're taking. But can you can you describe what? what well, there's routes? three. There's three routes yeah. now. There's. Um, <coughs> the purple route, which is the longest one, of thirteen kilometers. Thirteen kilometers. Yeah, eight yeah. miles. Eight. And you have the blue route, which is an eight kilometer. And then what we have called is the Fairyland, which is the children's route, just three three kilometres. They've all been developed over the years. Yes. Different challenges along the way in terms of your fitness levels or whatever. Yeah. But most of the families that would come here with kids will go to Fairyland. Right, that's the three kilometre route. That's the three kilometre route. Yeah. yeah. The other two, you need to have a good level of fitness. Right. Particularly the, the, the purple one because it's the 13K. 
yeah. we have a map board outside yeah. showing yes. that that's the next showing one the various map routes. The route. yeah. and then you have the colours and you have the distances on that yeah. so the first time say first people coming here for the first time we suggest them take a picture take a picture of the route and the distances you can never get lost as John said because they're all marked very well marked and you know part of the 13k is what's known as the famine road as well yeah. and he was a he was a scheme that was started back in I, I suppose in the, in the famine times obviously yeah. to um, give work to people or give them employment of some mm -hmm. sort and they started to build a road and it was to go from Cully Casey Cross right across to Killaloo I suppose when, when the famine finished or whatever it, it, it was never finished, yeah, but it yeah. was part of a bigger scheme as well. Yeah. Belvire House was was, to, was a big was a big employer yeah, here at the time, time as well. Yeah, Wilson Lynch's, Wilson Lynch's where many yeah. people you know locally worked there and, and, and had good jobs. And I suppose you know, lucky enough, and you know the school was there and, and they had their own church down in the. And there was an agricultural, agricultural school uh, in, in the school one time, John. Wasn't that That's, right, yeah. That's right. No, I don't know a lot about it. Even though my yeah. father would have went to school there, but yeah. I suppose it had to be because everything was yeah. agriculture. That was their yeah, that was yeah. their main subject. You know, in yeah. one sense, like. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So that's that'll do us. Thanks very much for your time. Yeah. Well, looking uh, forward to uh, this now. We'll, we'll, we'll hit up. We'll hit up the hills. Friend, who's you? <laughs> We're here now, on uh, on the journey up. It's a small little incline at the moment, and we're surrounded on one side by a few fields with stone walls, and on the other by small little woodland. So we're coming up here now to a stone bridge. Yeah, we're just coming to the, the entrance here now to Craig, the Craig River, and um, there's a waterfall here, so we'll put, we'll uh, we'll just go along by that. This is this is the beginnings of it, really. We have the three routes. The red route, the blue route, and the purple route, and we can see the sign for the ferry trail, which we're not taking today. Yeah, we're moving up along the hill here, now up Craig Hill, up towards the bridge. Yeah, it's beautiful, really. Now we, yeah, we can see the water coming down. I have a friend who comes down from Mayo here, and he tells me when he comes this particular part of the walk, he says, you know, people go on YouTube and internet to find videos that help them to relax and they're exactly he says like this so yeah. here when you have it right beside you I think it's fantastic it's the it's my favorite part of the walk anyway the beginning of it here and it's just stunning the they're called negative ions those yes. crashing waves so it's yeah. fantastic really and uh, it's just natural beauty like natural we, no beauty. nobody has done anything to this no. it's just all nature at its best yeah. isn't it yeah, i think it, is it oxidization it's called you know that brown yeah we're water. looking at a kind of a brownie yeah. the stone i suppose is yes. brown yes. as well yeah, coloring is brown and i suppose stone. there could be a bit of peat up further so it's named crag and i suppose crag. that's the irish <laughs> for stone or rock yeah, yeah. so there's plenty of that around there you can hear the water now tearing down the hill here along crag hill We're at our first bench. We've decided not to avail of it, but uh, little information there about what Anthony was talking about, the oxidising, the iron oxidising bacteria in the water. So the committee, fair play to the committee, they're giving a little bit of information. Oh, yeah. And a beautiful spot just to relax, isn't it, Pat? Yeah, put a nice, nice fine evening to go up and sit down there. Yeah. Really nice. Anthony, yeah. you just spotted something. Well, I'm just, at the very bottom it says the 12 o'clock hills. Science team. Even science, science team. team. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. 
Anthony, how often would you come up here on your walk? A few times, maybe a month, maybe once, uh, definitely. Pat O'Brien has been forcing me up in recent times. And, and Pat, how often would you come up? Well, we've done once a month last year, and we've done a few times in the extra maybe in the summer. Yeah. So from now on, we'd be, we'd, we'd be maybe aiming to come up a couple of times, a couple of times a month anyway. Was one of the Johns saying that uh, they have organised activities as well? Yeah, they have. They have, they have, they have an annual uh, spring walk and an autumn walk and, and, and a midsummer one. I suppose there'd be fundraising events as well. We're coming up now to a style and to the bridge. It's a lovely bridge. It looks like it could be a 19th century bridge, Pat, yeah. I don't know. It would be, I'd say. It would be. Beautiful cut stone. Yeah. So this is what we call Crag Bridge. bridge yeah. Crag Bridge, yeah. yeah. So at this point you can make a choice. You can go the long, the long purple route, which is 13 kilometers to the right. We are going to take the blue route, 8.5 kilometers to the left, and you can do the shorter red route five kilometers to the left as well and we're just now entering the sort of the quilcher area of the of the walk confirming our suspicions anthony you're, you're, you're on the ball yes 19th century crag river bridge there's a plaque here uh, commemorating the the work done restored october 2016 by the 12 o'clock hills project team funded by the heritage council yeah so we're facing into i suspect a bit of quilcher yeah, woodland yeah. here if we find anybody now walking against us we'll have to we'll have to question them see what they're doing up here why are you here why, why are you, are you running you? away from <laughs> yeah but actually the day is turning out a lovely day now the sun has come out we are actually to to our left we can see a nice little bit of would you call it scrubland or what would you call it anthony yeah, yeah mixture, I suppose there's mixture of trees and, and there's some spruce and, and evergreens there yeah and Little on, I think we're going to be passing a, a grove of ash. The ash, of course, is all uh, yeah. is up here, and of course, of it's course. the ash dieback. Yeah, terrible, terrible scar. But of course, that's nature, isn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. Everything is all nature. It's up here as well, on both sides. It's on both sides, yeah. But uh, we it's came up a sort of a rough up the hill, uh, up the hill yeah. but now we're back on the road again. Yeah, on the Quilcher road. road. So there's various different types of paths, shall we call it. Yeah. Some walkers here now in front of us. Who's this young fella? What's your name? James. James. How are you doing, James? What Gosh. are you doing up here? Uh, I'm running away from the dog. And who's with you? My sister and my mom and my dad. And your dog? Yeah. Good man. So, uh, what do you make of this uh, walk so far? Is it easy or is it hard? Easy so far. Easy so far. Uh, it was very hard at the start. Was it? My legs were very tired. All oh, right. And have you have you got have you got your energy back now? Yeah. Good man. Good man. Okay, we'll enjoy the walk. So, so now, which direction roughly are we heading? Do we know? We're heading on towards um, uh, Dyson Lines. As you have the lads talking about Dyson Lines' yeah. house, so we're heading we're heading up towards that now. We're going south southwest towards Dyson Lines. Great name too. And uh, as they were saying, of course, people were living up here. God, it'd have been a fair old trek for them. Yeah, and fairly isolated, would you say, Pat? Could be, yeah. Well, I suppose it mightn't be too bad when, the, when there was no trees. Back, back in the years, an awful lot more people lived up here. Yeah. Even before, the, uh, outside of the people that the lads were pointing out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we're not getting a real sense of the land, Anthony, but 
It would have been rough old land and bog and hard going, yeah. So you wouldn't be want to be too romantic about it. No, 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 exactly. So, you know, if you were back trying to have to make a living out of it, it'd be another story, wouldn't it? See, that's the point, isn't it? Mm. When we we have this romantic notion of mm. you know stone walls and yeah. great views, but the reality was very different now. That's it, you see. Yeah, but. Anyway. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You said what they it, say. Sir, yeah. Yeah. You said it. So I suppose it's a question of balance. Of course. It is. It's a question of balance. Yeah. We don't realise what we have on our own doorstep sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, don't know if you can hear a little plane. Well, a little more plane. Than a little plane. Yeah. It's, it's the Ryan airplane. Mm-hmm. You can actually see the tail wing. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is one of the routes into yeah, Shannon Airport. So, uh, we're swinging to the right here. We have another signpost here. You, uh-huh. Anthony, you say we're swinging to the right. Yeah, we're coming up now to Dicer Lines. Is right, okay. So and it's well marked. Yeah, it's well marked. We're, it's both blue and green, and we're taking a right. Dicer Lines. We have a board here now that Anthony might give here, us a read of it. Here are what remains of a limestone dwelling which was built at the end of the 19th century. It was originally comprised of a kitchen and two small bedrooms. There was also a loft bedroom and it had a thatched roof. The people living here were mainly self-sufficient by growing their own crops. Drinking water was from a spring well approximately 100 metres to the rear of the house and washing was done with water from a nearby stream. The original inhabitants were John and Michael Murray. So when Henry Stevens from Snatty Wilson Married Mary Egan from Oatfield, they set up home here at about the beginning of the 20th century. And their daughter Mary was later left the house and farm of 30 acres. She married Michael Lyons from Dysert in the parish of Rouen. Hence Dysert Lyons. There you got it. They raised a family of four children here and during that time the family became known locally as Dysert Lyons. Michael was a farmer. The, farm, uh, the family was basically self-sufficient, cows for milk. Potatoes and vegetables from the small garden, pigs for meat, hens for eggs and turf from the nearby bog for fuel. Well, there was no shortage of that. To improve their living standards, the family moved to Castle Crean, Six Mile Bridge in 1970. The property and adjoining lands were purchased by Quilta for four station in 1991. Yes, and there's a lovely image, lovely picture. Yeah. Fine size for, for its time, you know, I've seen smaller cabins. Yeah. Pat, can you describe what we're looking at? I was just looking at the, uh, the back wall and there's a, a window in it and there's a few piers and an end wall. Yes. And um, I suppose it just, it just gives, the, gives, the, um, gives the idea, the idea of, of what was here. And we're heading into the trees now, we're I think. We're heading into the trees and we'll be doing a bit of climbing now. So a bit of climbing. We're heading over to Maloney's house now. Right. I chose the thatch off. He was a great uh, skilled thatcher and his thatch houses yeah. all around the area. We've come across now another plaque here. Pat, are we at? Matthew it Maloney's says here Matthew Maloney. Matthew Maloney. Matthew Maloney. Matthew and there's a picture of this man, Matthew Maloney. And all you'd have to do is look at that picture and you'd know what kind of person he was. Yeah. Very calm. Yeah. You knew him, did you? I remember him barely, yeah, in Kilkishan. He came into Kilkishan to live. Yeah. He moved into Kilkishan before he, in his later years. Yeah. 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 So it says, nearby are what remains of a small old farmhouse here in Crag where Matthew Maloney was born in the year 1921. Mm. So over 100 years ago. Yeah. And where he lived out the most of his working life. He was reared here by his parents, Patrick, who was better known as Paddy Matty, and his mother, Annie, Neo Shocknessy from Galway. Mm-hmm. And he had three sisters who were Mary, Annie and Katie. 
Matt was a handsome man, but never married. And by 1990, he was the only mountain resident left in this area. Due mostly to isolation, hardship and pending old age, he made the decision to sell the house and his 30-acre farm to Quilche. Then lived out the remaining 12 years of his life in a farmhouse in Clonlee on the outskirts of Kilkishan village. This house was once owned by the local bog warden. Matt was also known by his friends as Matt the Thatcher because of his skill at thatching local farmhouses and was one of the great and well-respected local characters. When he was out socialising, he would never have the same drink twice but pre preferred a rotation between a glass of Guinness, small whiskey and a glass of beer. Very eclectic. Very eclectic. Yeah. Now. now, here's a bit of a test, David. These are proper hills all right, aren't they? We're now in the woods and uh, it's gotten a bit dark. And uh, we can hear a few birds. They're both there. Yes, okay. Sometimes when you're up, even though there might be a lot of uh, cars down in the hill, or in the car park, you wouldn't necessarily meet too many because yeah. of the, the scattered nature of the routes and people in, ensconced in different parts, would you know? Because there were a good few cars, cars parked. Yeah. The sun has actually gone in now, actually, and I think there might be another shower on the way, but... It's quite peaceful up here, I have to say. We're just taking a break because when you're talking and you're walking at the same time, it can be exhausting. Isn't that right, Pat? <laughs> well, this part, this part with especially is, it's fairly steep, and then we'll be, we'll be going to our next uh, project now will be the, the Mass Rock. The Mass Rock, right. Yeah, and then uh, you'll be heading up the, 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 the hills again. Yeah. Uh, the lower path won't be too bad, but then it's fairly steep up the top. Anthony's yeah. meeting some people down there. Anthony, Anthony seems to have cornered some people. Now, whether they'll talk to us or not, or whether yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll wait, wait and see. see. They weren't expecting a, a radio crew, <laughs> were they? No, no I, I'd say not. Yeah. Well, it's not every day that you... <laughs> You'll meet a radio crew in the 12 o'clock hills. hills. No. <laughs> At least you're wearing the Scarif Bay Community Radio jacket. No. Now, hello, hello. Yeah, We've got three, three ladies. Three intrepid ladies. I have Ashling and Sive. Hello, Harry. Hello, Ashling and Sai. Yvonne. Your, your name? Yvonne. 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 So, anyway, the ladies are out walking. They agreed to say a word or two. Thank you very much, ladies. What's, what's bringing you to the 12 o'clock hills today? Got them out of breath. Yeah, I know. The, the hill has caught us now as we're, as we're making our way up here. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, we just needed a day out and yeah. to get out into the nature and get a bit of exercise. I think we've all eaten. Uh, just actually from Quinn. Oh, what a place. Oh, not too far. Yeah. Not so too not far, far at all. Yeah. yeah. Do you do, would you come here regularly or? Yeah, about two or three times a year, I'd say. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, so we're getting fitter every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no walk over there now in Clooney, from Clooney Church. Exactly, Clooney yeah. House. The Clooney House Trail, yeah. yeah. It's fabulous. Yeah, I know, it's brilliant. And we actually had nothing there before, so it's brilliant to, to actually have somewhere to go now that's not on a road and you can kind of get off and um, enjoy the peace and that sort of thing. So it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah super. This, this walk is gorgeous. Even when it's raining, it's still gorgeous. Yeah. It's yeah. gorgeous. There's so many different elements to it, yeah. like we're in the woodland now and we were kind of outside for yeah. a little bit and we, yeah. it's my first time so I have no idea what's ahead of us, but <laughs> yeah. uh, they we're said, to lose him, is there any chance you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's better and better as you go up. Yeah. Oh good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. Well listen, Absolutely. enjoy your walk. Thanks, Thanks very much. Uh, That's brilliant. Uh, Absolutely, good luck. Whether we'll see you now and again yeah. or not yeah. is another matter. <laughs> no. We'll be passing each other out We probably will. Good luck to you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. It's that sort of a day where you can get 
nice sunshine and then a downpour at the same time. Oh yes, this is the bridge you're That's talking about. Anthony, you wouldn't describe it as the bridge over the River Kwai, but it does its job. The bridge of size. <laughs> the bridge of size. Now, Pat wants to go down here, a mass rock, down the road here. So here we are in a bit of a clearing, is it? Yeah. And they have some stumps. Oh, and there's a fine view as well. And there is a rock. So do you know, do you know anything about this? Oh, you know, no, the, the, the Bishop of Limerick uh, came out and celebrated Mass here and uh, the, the local priests say Mass here once a year. Right. So I suppose uh, Mass rocks like, like those uh, are around the country in, in, in penal times. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. A square, it's a square rock and it could, it could be, it looks like an altar anyway. And it's got a good, well, no, we can't, don't have much of a view, but we have a view if we come around this way. Um, oh my God, now there's the view. Quite good, but it's going to get better as we go up. It's going to get better, he says, when we go up. Can you see Mara Mast? I can, yeah. As we look in direction northeast. Yeah. And then the different lakes around the, the, the big one over here, far up one is Calan. And then the one here below, do you see it's divided in two? I do. And you see it better up again. That's Clonlay, and that's Kilkishan village here. As yeah. I'm as whirling we... the... Yeah. Umbrella in its direction and um, that's Tulla on the hill. See up there? Oh we can just see it. See Tulla? Yeah. And yeah. then over towards the mills is where I'm pointing on that lake there. Yeah. Over in Mount Allen and heading over towards the vast city of O'Callaghan's Mills. <laughs> and uh, back over here then is, do you see a bit of Dune Lake here? I do, yeah. Just, back here, yeah. We can just see it through yeah. the trees. Yeah, you'll have, you'll have a better view when you look up yeah. the top and yeah. Up, yeah. The, up to the next stage. It's a nice little uh, nice little opportunity to take a break here. Yeah. So the sun has come out again, thankfully. And this is this is a flat bit. We've cut our breath again, Pat. Yeah, we're not too bad now again. <laughs> yeah, I think we were we were fairly breathless there yeah, after coming up that steep incline. We're under a little bit of pressure, but different type of tree here now. Well, there's a mixture of Scots pines and spruces. And the odd deciduous tree, of course, we're in the springtime, we don't know. The leaves haven't yet appeared on some of the other trees, but say by the looks of them, some of them are mountain ash. One of the oldest native trees in Ireland. It's actually the true native tree, long before oaks and everything else came in. The mountain ash, seemingly, was here long before any of them. Now this is, this is a steep bit. And a magnificent view has opened up. And we can see 30, 40 miles, can we pass? No, I'd say, say. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. You can see the, area. the far away hills. Those hills back behind us, they are back in West Clare. The West Clare hills, yeah. yeah we can see there's some wind farms Mount Callan. That's back around Connolly, yeah? Yeah, Connolly. That's where that was heading to Milton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic view, Anthony. Well, there's a good view here. We're getting, we're getting better now, right? Yeah, we're getting better each each height we're going. Yeah. And I think I see, is it a house or is it a tower house in the distance? Hello. A few pats on the phone. Um, he's, a, he's arranging the next the, the next outside broadcast. We, we, it's a great view. You can see why they're called the 12 o'clock hills because you do have... Well, when you get up now, uh, yeah, you'll get a good vista, and there's um, well, I won't take it away from from the surprise. From the surprise, wait and see what you think. Hopefully, well, yeah. it's great that the, the the weather has come around this domain. It has, isn't it amazing how quickly it changes? Yeah, now, if we could get that fella off the phone, <laughs> get moving. You know? There's always one fella. There's always, yeah, bringing a phone there's up here. One fella. That's the burden, of course, there. Then now we're 
bit more climbing up. Bit more climbing to do here. Pat, Pat is just coming behind us now, but he's still on the phone, so we can't talk to him. He's a busy man. He's a busy, busy man. Why don't you say about important people, though? I was busy. <laughs> can't tell me any of you. Uh, 25 to 12 now. Okay. Okay. So we have an appointment later on, so that's why Anthony is asking. So we are not too far away from it. We won't tell you yet. Oh, and now the sun has come out as we are approaching what a climber always thinks is the peak of the hill. Mm -hmm. But uh, Anthony, you're probably going to tell me it's not the peak. It's not the peak of the hill. <laughs> <laughs> we see more of the work that the 12 o'clock committee and the volunteers have done. Fantastic, they're going to put in all these paths. They've put in the paths and they've, this is the steep bit of the hill now, so they've had to put in um, stakes lying flat on the ground to make kind of steps yep. at various points. No! Alfia! No, have, is this the top? No. Or it's a top? It's a top, but not quite. It's a top. And uh, this is the best, one of the best views I would say so far. We're well above the tree line and we're looking out at almost one, 180 more, I'd say. 180 degree. Uh, Vista and very very usefully the committee have this lovely um, uh, board telling us of all the sites mm -hmm. that we can see from and they have numbered it from 1 to 51 so there's 51 different and Anthony, I'm going to ask you to highlight one or two, a couple of them for us while we catch our breath now in a minute. start at number one, how about that? Let's start with number now, one. Now, it's a little bit hazy, but you can still see it. Number one in the distance here yep. to our left, the Fergus Estuary. The Fergus Estuary. So you can see it flowing out there. And if we could see behind the hills here, we can. it, it enters the Shannon in that direction. In that direction and over there, there. Yeah. yeah. Well, the most important one there is number 35, Clanlown Bog. Right on my, my back door, yeah. And, and on your back door. So I can't say anymore, but then Kilgory <laughs> Lock is there, number 37. That's Kilgory yeah. where... Pat has joined us again. Yeah. I see it now, yeah. I see yeah. it now. Oh, the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kilgory Lock. God, it's a magnificent view, isn't it? We can actually see, gentlemen, if, we, if the, 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 the rain slowly edging its way over here. Whereas if we turn our back to it, yeah. we can see the blue sky and the sun shining down in the green fields. It's, it's one of those hind postcards, would you say? Gorgeous. One of those postcards of Ireland yeah. uh, that you typically see, the green fields. You would never think there's anything hard going on. No. <laughs> all, all nice. But like... We're looking, yeah, in the direction of Derry Brine there now. So all the way across there is yeah. stunning, isn't it? Really stunning. And, and you get a great view of Broadford or the uh, Dune Lake around Broadford. Indeed. Broadford's over here. Broadford is just over the hill there. Is over it? yes, to our yeah. right. We'll so move on, will we? We'll move on. Yeah. We'll move. And I actually can see the next viewing yeah, point. There's actually some people up there, and they're standing on top of it. They are, and that's the highest point. That's the highest point. Now, gentlemen, we're no. getting a bit of sleet now. Oh, where this is having had a little drop of. Uh, having said it was a nice soft day at the start, <laughs> it's turning into a, a bit of a wintry one at the moment. But it'll pass over, we hope. So now we're we're beginning a little climb now again. Yeah, we're up heading up now to the top. Uh, is this the very top? Yeah, there's a nice bit of a. Of a 
a steep incline here now again up along the road. And again, but again, they've nicely. The path has lots of gravel on it, so the rain is still with us, unfortunately. Yeah. We are at the top, Pat. Yeah. Anthony is behind us. He'll be here shortly. And this is the top. We're just we're just passing some some more intrepid walkers. I wonder would they say hello to us? Scariff Bay Community Radio. We're just uh, doing an outside broadcast. You're uh, you've braved the the wind and the the wet. Well, yeah. Where have you where have you come from? Bearfield. Not too far away. Not too. Can you see Bearfield from here? I wonder. I'm not sure. It's, out, it's out over there, isn't it? Is that is that Bearfield direction out there? Do you would you come? Would you do this walk very often? They would do more. They, they being the two ladies, two, two daughters, I suppose. How often would you do it, girls? Only once or twice a year. Oh yeah, but that's enough, probably. You probably do lots of other walks. This is one of many walks you probably do. Something like that. <laughs> of course, it's Easter Monday, so you've decided, you've decided this is the one, the once in the year, yeah. And what is it that attracts you out this far? Well, it's very well maintained. And there's a nice variety on the trail between to the quilter paths, the forest yeah. trails and different things. Um, I suppose it's nice to support something that's been invested in locally as well and that's is yeah. very well cared for. It is, the it views is. are lovely. So the views it. are the views are fantastic, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're good now. They are, yeah. Tis rare like you'd get a tis rare you'd get this sort of panoramic view, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Well listen, thanks very much and enjoy your walk. Good luck. As we were saying, uh, we're at the very top now, Anthony. Uh-huh. And uh, you get a real sense of why they call it the 12 o'clock hills now, can't you? Because it's really big sky country. You yeah. can see right around panoramic view of the whole of yeah. the whole area. They envy me my hills of Clare The white gulls calling in the soft sea air So much to lose And yet I'd leave the hills of Clare and live in a desert if I had you there. Pat, we've just we've just arrived at uh, a very remarkable looking entranceway. Yeah, this is the Sunyata Centre. Uh, it's a it's a Buddha, it's a Buddhist centre. It's a Buddhist centre. Yeah. The Buddhist tradition here is the is the um it's it's not Tibetan, it's uh, Thai. So we'll walk up the steps here to what appears to be the meditation center. Pat, can you read that for us? Do good, refrain from any evil, purify the mind. This is the teaching of the Buddha. There we go. So that's the plaque on the on the outside of the building. Of the Dharma Hall. It's a very peaceful spot. We've just come down from the hills. Now we're just entering. We'll wipe our boots. Do you have to take off the boots, in fact? We've entered this. Come through the beautiful doors into the Dharma Hall and uh, it's a lovely empty space there's little furnishing and a magnificent window with a fantastic view um, and the Buddha himself two Buddhas I see and uh, this is obviously where People come to meditate. There's a few mats on the ground. Anthony, have you been here before? Yes, I've um, 
been here a few times, and I, I think it's stunning, isn't it? The Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Up here. So I've done a few other big weekend things, and uh, um, I remember the, the, the Fritas were the people who were here first in the old house. They were herbalists they were from England, and then various other um, folk who came, I suppose, as part of committees, but um, yeah, as I say, it's in the it's in the Thai tradition, uh, not so much the Tibetan, but I mean they're very close, obviously. Mm, so mm, mm. we'll hear a bit more in a few minutes. I suppose when we're joined yeah. by Emer, is our is our host. So we've been joined by Emer. Can you describe what a Buddhist center is for those who may be unfamiliar with it? Well, the main thing we would do in terms of the role in the public would be running retreats and I suppose workshops, meditation classes, um, offering people a chance to come and stay here and do some private retreat, have silence, do meditation practice, that kind of thing. Yeah, we're yeah. in this magnificent hall, Dharma yeah. Hall, and yeah. uh, when, was, when was this put here? The centre is about 20 years old, okay. and it was started actually by a couple and a family and they wanted to have a place to run retreats. Um, yeah, Stan and Claire were their names. And so anyway, then it was passed on as a charity to a board of trustees. So okay, that's hence you're a, a trustee at the moment. At the moment, yeah. yeah. This was, I think, a cow shed at one point, ah. and then it was totally reconstructed to be yeah. the, the hall. They would have been lucky cows if they had these sorts of views. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have many people uh, here at the moment? On site, we have a couple of people living here, and then we have a bunch of people coming and going, volunteering. So the numbers are always changing. And next week, we have a retreat, which would have about 25 people coming yeah. to stay. So 25? For the retreats, yeah. And would they stay on site? Or? They'd stay on site, yeah. We have it, some dorms and that kind of thing set up. Yeah. So they'd stay anywhere between a weekend or 10 days doing the retreat meditation program. So could you describe a typical day that those people would have? Sure. You wake up quite early usually, maybe five in the morning, depending on how strict the teacher might be, the meditation teacher. And then you might do a bit of sitting meditation, 45 minutes or something, and then you'd have breakfast and there'd be a small chore period. We have like a big lot here so there might be a bit of gardening to do a bit of cleaning or weeding or something and then throughout the day there would be sessions of walking meditation and sitting meditation the meditation teacher would offer instructions and kind of a buddhist talk maybe about spiritual practice then a bit of free time you could go hiking something like that and it's all in silence no, nobody no, speaks no speaking unless you need some salt at the table, you can, you can ask someone to pass the salt. <laughs> I can imagine, particularly for people on the radio like ourselves, it's very, it's yeah. very hard for, to do that silence. But, yeah. uh, why do people come here? I mean, people are really coming, I think, to slow down. Mm. We're in the countryside, it's very rural, it's quite peaceful. And using meditation to calm the body, calm the mind. And sometimes people are coming for community as well and connecting with like-minded people. Even though you don't really speak to them. Well, that's on the retreats. Outside oh. the retreats, we're, we're pretty chatty, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Almost too chatty. We're trying to compensate. Us, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose the irony of what you're saying, Eamor, is that it's often people, invariably people from, maybe not all the time, because I've been here a few times myself, and yeah. some locals, but yeah. it's like people coming from different 
far-flung regions. And yeah, exactly. Do you mind me asking, what was it that drew yourself to Buddhism? Sure, yeah. Well, well, I my dad practiced Buddhist meditation, okay. but he was practicing Zen, oh, Zen Buddhism, right. which is a different style, let's yeah. say, to what we're doing here. Very similar. So mm. maybe, um, maybe that was my rebellion, was <laughs> to try a different style. I just found I was in university and doing all the usual things, going out and having a good time, and I just felt uh, I needed something to slow me down. Mm. So I started practicing meditation, and the teachings made a lot of sense to me. I mean, they're very practical and philosophical and applicable to kind of daily life. So I came down here just to volunteer, and for me it was the community, like the other volunteers, that drew me Mm. back. I, I was saying as we came in that um, it's obviously based on the Thai tradition. Yeah, isn't that? So it is. I'd be more familiar, I suppose, with I suppose most people would, with the, the Tibetan one. Yeah. Or is there any concise one sentence where you could say what's the difference? Well, I think there's more in common than there is yeah, different. Yeah. First of all, and I, it's mostly, I think, it, it's a lot to do with the culture. So the Thai Buddhist tradition will look a little bit more like things you'd find in Thai culture and the Tibetan tradition will look a little bit more like Tibetan culture, Tibetan the culture. Chinese, the Chinese culture. Yeah. And usually it's just you connect with a certain, um, maybe a certain meditation teacher and they so happen to be from the Thai tradition or they so yeah. happen to be from, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I connected with the weekend, the last weekend, that was a good while ago. I think it was something to do with the crossover between Christian and, and um, Buddhist traditions, but the meal we got, I presume it was Thai food, I don't know, okay. yeah. holy Mary, mother of God, can I say that name? <laughs> it was just, it was stunning, yeah, yeah. It, still, oh, it was beautiful. Uh, yeah. I know you mentioned teachers, and yeah. we know, we know we've seen, we, I've seen three photographs on the wall. Sure, yeah, so this one is, this is Ajahn Sumedho, he's an American fella, and he went over to Thailand in maybe the 70s, 80s, and became a Buddhist monk. And then he came back and set up a monastery in England, in Sussex. It's called Chitteris Monastery. So he's very famous kind of in a lot of Western countries for bringing those teachings back, helping Western people make sense of them and translating, not just literally, but kind of culturally as well. And the fellow on the left, his name is Ajahn Chah. So he's the teacher of the American monk and he's a Thai monk and he's was very revered in Thailand and in the West and he was it's a type of monk called a forest monk so they went out into the forests in Thailand practicing in a much simpler way than you would see in maybe a big Bangkok temple for example it's a very kind of going back to nature going back to living in a small hut in the forest like a hermit like a hermit in a way but but still very involved with with locals and then this is a nun she's also a thai woman mechi Kao is her name she's part of the same tradition she said just a very advanced meditation teacher that's the three people we have in the one then the buddha of course buddha is yeah we have two buddhas yeah is this another buddha here so these are two buddhas and then this one is actually guanyin so she would be seen it's actually a kind of it's not a female buddha but she's, in Buddhism, she's described as the embodiment of compassion. So she's kind of a symbol of being compassionate, being kind, portrayed, let's say, in different ways, different statues, different images. 
What do you think the... We, we're just after, we're on our walk around yeah, the hills. Yeah, 12 o'clock and hills. The, the location must be important, presumably, for uh, meditation. And as you said, people can go off on walks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, it's very quiet and it's not too, too easy to get to. You have a steep hill uh, to get up here. And I think mm. being close to nature is a huge part in this type of Buddhism as well. It's yeah. it's called the forest tradition. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a little forest here that we've built and it's quite important to go and practice in a natural environment, in a simple environment. In there, am I correct in saying still, or there were a number of hermitages built? Yeah, that there time? are. Yeah, they're just little Chamber. meditation huts. So yeah. we have two for monastics and then yeah. we have one which we're just about to finish okay. which is for anyone who isn't a monastic and we're hoping maybe next year to open that up to anyone who wants to come okay. and do a kind of solo retreat and um, it would be donation based people could just go up there and do a bit of meditation and be quiet. yeah yeah or you say your retreats are they are is it donation based or is it, yeah. do you have no, it's all donation based. Oh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. we actually changed that about seven or maybe longer, maybe nine years ago now. So mm -hmm. everything is kind of offered freely yeah, yeah, in this yeah. style of Buddhism. So mm -hmm. when you come on retreat, there's a basically a donation box okay. outside, and you anonymously donate. Mm -hmm. So no one sees how much you're giving and. I mean, I started coming here when I was a student, mm -hmm. so I, I really didn't have a lot of money to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, some people yeah. give more, and that helps other people who can only yeah. give less. Yeah, yeah. So it does work quite nicely yeah. as a, yeah. Very good. Well, Emer, um, thank you so much for yeah. taking the time out of, out of your day for, to talk to us. And, um, sure, yeah. 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 Um, I, know, I know many, many locals, and we're a local radio station, many locals will be curious about what is going on. Yeah, um, sure. And so this might be a little way in for them and yeah. for them to maybe come on up um, and experience it, some of it if they're interested in it. Or to contact yeah, the centre, yeah. straightforward to contact. Yeah, it's very easy. We just have the website, Sonyata, if you just Google Sonyata Buddhist or Sonyata Retreat Centre. Yeah. And it's, you can even just come up and enjoy the grounds. You don't have to come up for any occasion. Um, yeah. If you're on the 12 o'clock hills loop, we're always happy if someone wants to just come in and mm -hmm. enjoy Hello. the peacefulness or enjoy the gardens or whatever. And we have a Wednesday, every Wednesday evening at seven, we have a kind of public night. So there's usually a, it's just one hour and we do a bit of meditation and some community member will offer a bit of reflection or, okay. In yeah, hall. in the hall. Yeah, here. At the what center. time on a Wednesday is that? It's at 7, 7 p.m., 7, 7 in the evening. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Emer again, thanks so much. Thanks very much. Thanks for coming up. So we're on the homeward journey and we've come across a very interesting little section, another interesting section, a, a boardwalk. And it's uh, through lovely, lovely little section, which you can see again the amount of work that had to be done to create this boardwork essentially fairly large slabs of timber lean to make a path and uh, staples driven through it to create a bit of grip and for children it's the most exciting part of it and uh, if you're an adult you're you're of course watching your step everywhere 
just gives you that sense of variety that is the 12 o'clock hills trek we're crossing a little stream over a bridge and out again we're at something anthony called stepping stones the stepping stones so according to folklore this is me reading off the placard here when the day's work was done the people who lived in the local townsland crag and snatty used to visit each other the trail between Snatty and Crag now features the stepping stones and beautiful forest paths. We've about 15, 20 minutes to go. And uh, the port of Corner will be Mary Ann McInerney's uh, uh, farmhouse. So after that in we'll be heading down, heading back down the, another boardwalk and uh, back down to the car park. Lovely. We're entering the fairyland. Yeah. We have seen, yeah, we see the initial stages of what is going to come in the future. They have little flags and little trees already planted and a fairy, fairy houses, I suppose you'd say, and a little wishing well here in the middle made from timber. Um, and the trees they cut down, they would quench it, they've left, there are, I suppose, eight, ten foot bottom parts of them and they're putting, the committees are putting, um, they're putting mushrooms on the top of these trees at the minute so well no hold on a second anthony i think you're wrong there me it, you're wrong yeah <laughs> it is the fairies who have come oh. to settle these are not the committee's work at all but the, that's the fairy why council it's the fairy council meeting place yeah. it says here no where more. the four fairy clans can discuss fairy forest matters oh. resolve disputes and gather for fairy celebrations i wonder what the matters could be Oh, they'd be, I, I'm I sure they'd be talking about humans and all the rest, disturbing the peace. Are you, would you be aligned to them <laughs> I'd once? Be, I'd be one of them. No, you want the fairy <laughs> clan, Pat, yeah? Yeah, but anyway, it's a lovely idea. Is anybody out there wants to sponsor a tree for the fairy land, they can. They can. Who yeah. should they, they should contact yeah, Patsy yeah, Neville Patsy or any member yeah, of, the, of the committee, go online. There's probably yeah. a website, isn't there? For there is the a, yeah, there's a, a lovely Facebook page and you can, you can go into that and you'll get all the details. So it's constantly in evolution, constantly in development, and so this is the very latest, the very latest stage. We have a sign here now telling us all about it, and we have the four fairy clans, Kilkish and Oatfield, O'Callan's Mills uh, is one. Second one is Kilmurray Six Mile Bridge. I suppose I'd fit in maybe to the Broadford Killaloo <laughs> clan, and then the Tulla Quinn Clooney clan. <laughs> For some people, of course, they walk They'd be walking to this location. We're on yeah. the blue route and we're walking back past it. past it. So that explains that. And we'll say a final few words when we get to the, our destination, our starting point and our finishing point. We're, past, we're close, to, close to where we started. A, yeah. And uh, where are we now? Yeah, we're just heading back down now. Uh, we're here at the plaque, uh, which is... Um, Marianne's homestead. Um, Marianne was one of two girls born to Mick and Peggy from the townland of Craig. She was born in 1906 and had a sister, Katie, who was a year younger. Yeah, they lived in a three-room dwelling, a kitchen and two bedrooms. The house was initially attached and later galvanised. The local spring well and the potato garden played a significant role in their uh, survival. Both Marianne and Katie attended the local school in Belvoir. There were farming people and their livelihood also included the rearing, rearing of hens, chickens and turkeys. After Marianne's parents died, she married Mick, the blessed McInerney, 
they continued to farm locally and cut tough in the local bog. Mick was a local threshing man. They had no family. After Mick died, it was reported she was the only one of two people living in that area of Craig. Mary Ann moved to, from Craig to Belvoir in 1969 and continued to live there until her death on the 19th of October 1988. Um, there's a, a photograph here. This is how Mary Ann's house looked before the 12th of February 2014 when the storm Darwin blew the, blew the tall Mecca cypress tree onto the gable. So, it was so damaged, there was the gable of the house yes. there, so the big tree fell down top and of it. Fell, fell down. And so, and that was, I said that was the view from the front. From the front door. From the front door. Magnificent. Back, back in, in the time. Magnificent view. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a look at it now, I think, as we pass Head by. Down. Now, um, I'd say we're getting close to the house, are we, Pat? Down here now, yeah. Ah, yes, and here is the fairly substantial ruins that are here. There's a lot of activity now, some people around us. We have to be careful on this one, Pat, because it's pretty steep if you're going downhill. Nicely done, because there's water flowing on either side and it can be slippery sometimes. So you have to watch yourself. We're crossing a little stream and we're going left. It flows out actually below here when we go around the town, when we, when we go below on the road, we'll see what comes out the ditch. And in the summertime, there'll be no, be no water at all. So the seasons, the seasons change the, the appearance of the place. If we came back here in the summertime, it'd be a lot different, so Pat. Yeah, you so you'd have, you'd have all the, the trees and in full, in full bloom and uh, yeah, all yeah. the, you know, the flowers and everything else. Yeah. It's, it's really different, uh, different scene. Yeah, completely. Now, gentlemen, we've we've reached the end point again. Yes, it was a lovely walk. Yeah. How long did it take us? About six months? Or <laughs> yeah, six months in the plenty. <laughs> well, Pat, it uh, was your idea, and thanks very much for, for arranging it. Just great exercise and fresh air and all that. Well, hopefully we've given people a little bit of a taste of the 12 o'clock hills and the variety and the, the nature and the trees and yeah. the people that uh, you can come yeah. across here. And, yeah. Um, and we've experienced all weathers, as you mm. might have heard, but the sun is shining again for us. Yeah, it's just lovely now again. So, Anthony, any final thoughts? Well, sure, I think it's just a, a great place. I always will be drawn to come when early morning, usually when it's, when it's quiet, I suppose. And, yeah. But even though you would be looking at two car parks here now, they can be quite full of cars when you'd be here, maybe even early morning sometimes, maybe weekends and that. And yet, you could be wandering up the hills and you wouldn't meet too many. You know, there's such an extensive array of routes. You know, there's plenty of room for everyone. So Yeah. yeah it's good. Great. Good. Well, this has been a special outside broadcast by Gareth Bay Community Radio, brought to you by Pat O'Brien, Anthony Lenehan, myself, David Fleming. So, thanks for listening. Thanks, and folks. And good luck. Slanga fall. Slanga fall. These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do one of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you